Welcome to Manager Tools, the pinch crunch relationship model. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. How can I maintain better long-term relationships? What can I do when a relationship is strained in some way? Why am I struggling to hold on to long-term professional relationships? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. You know, Mark, building and maintaining healthy, trusting relationships is critical, right? It's a critical part of professional managerial success. And one of the important tools for keeping them healthy is knowing what to do when things go wrong. And they will. Yeah, they will, because we're humans, right? And that's the, uh, if, if they didn't go wrong, we wouldn't need managers. The problem is we don't ever get trained on how to save relationships. In fact, if you look on the internet where everything is true for relationship advice, it's all personal relationship advice, professional relationships, about the extent of of readily available guidance on relationships, professional relationships, is how to get them. And it's almost always skewed toward sales. Right. Um, or building your network or, or, or networking exactly. or those, that kind of stuff, and, right? And, and frankly, for a lot of our audience, and I think for the right reasons, that sort of is off-putting to them. Like, oh, it's I have to go build my network. I have to go schmooze, right? I think, in fact, we often tell people when we mention our networking cast, which is which is the most important career tools cast we have, we immediately say it is called, uh, uh, it's not called networking. networking. It's, it's called building your network. And, and it's not about that schmoozy thing that people think of when they think of networking. And so many of our... Uh, um, of our audience skew left on disc, high D, high C, and they don't care for that. In fact, there's probably a percentage, and I would guess it's not single digits, it's it's double digits, that don't like me, that prefer you when we're talking because they think he's just a little too smooth, he's a little too slick, it's the high D, high I. Not me, they're not talking about me when they're saying that, that's for sure. Well, but yeah, but but when they say slick, they mean it absolutely in a a negative way. way, Yeah, and and if they're in a bad mood, they mean it that I don't trust everything he says, and it doesn't matter where we went to school or that you just went to our 35th reunion, none of that matters. There is an impression that people have, the further you are to the left on the task, side of disc, uh, and the further you are looking at somebody toward the right, the more likely you are to see relationship building as something that's not necessary. All I need to do is get results. But And you would be wrong. Right, you'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I, I was pure D when I was in the Army. And then when I went to Procter & Gamble and had to sell, I became a high D, high I, and I've been a high D, high I. Well, to mention, you, you, you mentioned our reunion. I just got folks that just got back from our uh, West Point 35-year 35, 35 wow. uh, graduation reunion. And I I was telling the story of Louise Charles and how I had been doing well at Mobile Oil, once at Mobile Oil, and she gave me the right, you know, gave me a perfect review, then said, hey, now that you have your review and the raise, let's turn it over and let me tell you what I really think of you. And uh, the answer was, yeah, you may be smart, you may be yeah. right most of the time, but the, this whole interpersonal stuff, you need to uh, you need to get that uh, figured out. Yeah, I think the, didn't you say once to me that she put it as Mark, Mike, you're the best team lead, technical team lead we have, and as long as you stay the way you are, you'll always be the best technical team lead we have ever had. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly like, right. Like you've capped out there, big boy. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, so look, uh, so we're going to address something that I've been using for the last thirty years of my life. Been very lucky to know about it. Probably should have talked about it years ago. Uh, the pinch crunch model. And um, basically, the pinch-crunch model is a way of thinking about and dealing with those moments in relationships when things aren't going well. And those are pinches. And if you're not careful, those pinches will turn into crunches if you don't address them. So three things we want to say. We'll walk through the pinch-crunch model. 
Then our second point is going to be, guys, you have to plan for pinches. You have to know what to do when things go wrong. And luckily, it's easy, and we already have guidance on it. And the third thing you need to do is don't wait for crunches, because if you get into a crunch, it may very well be too late, particularly when we're talking about people's livelihoods. Um, uh, relationships that always go to crunch end up creating long-term, essentially irretrievable problems where you'll never achieve the beauty of a great uh, a relationship where there's total trust. If you keep going to crunch, you're gonna end up starting to degrade trust. And when trust degrades, speed degrades, communication degrades, uh, and all you need is one more pinch probably for a, um, for a fundamental failure in the relationship. Okay, so first, you've probably not heard of it before, it's too bad. If we all had time to study all this stuff, it'd be so much easier, but let me explain the, the pinch crunch model. Again, to be clear, guys, if you don't know it, the two most important things in your career are the results you get and the relationships you sustain. Yeah, you got to get results and we got to build and then, but you also have to build and maintain relationships. Too many of us, high Ds and, and high Cs as well, think that it's mostly about results. Hey, if I get results, everything will be fine. And there are plenty of stories about people who only get results and they're fine. And that's because their results are so outsized. Unfortunately, most organizations today are built to not only avoid you getting in a lot of trouble, unless you do something completely egregious, and also to keep a cap on what, how much you can innovate and create wildly successful results. Part of the reason for that cap is the levels of vertical uh, authority you have to get in order to do something that real, really will make a difference. And so there's only so much you can do in relationship and results, but relationships are an enormous opportunity for most of us. And yet, as I mentioned before, we're not really ever taught about how to build them, how to hold on to them, what to do when things go wrong, and things are going to go wrong, okay? So when I learned this model, the pinch crunch model, I was like, wow, that just makes it super easy because now I had two words, pinch and crunch, and I knew you, you know, I'm, the moment I've said it, I'm sure most people are listening going, yeah, I get it, right? right? I have a pinch. And then the question is, do I reassess or do I allow the pinch to fester and does it end up becoming a crunch? Um, and for a lot of people, they literally think that's how relationships are supposed to go. And maybe the pinch just goes away. That's what, like they, that's what they think. Right, <laughs> right, right. As opposed to, nope, there's a little bump there and you can only do so many pinches before you're going to get a crunch. Anyway, so... Let's explain it conceptually, and then we'll talk about how to use it. The pinch crunch model basically says that relationships we have, all, which we've already built, are going to experience moments of stress, pinches. That's when there's a disruption in what they would call psychologically shared expectations. Now, most of us, when we create relationships with people, the shared expectations are really probably only lucky that they're shared because we don't actually sit down and talk about what our expectations are. Uh, an example of this to some degree in a soft way would be marriage premarital counseling where you That's talk right. about mm -hmm. what you agree to and so on. But if there is a disruption in shared expectations, you end up with a pinch. Maybe one party fails to communicate with the other. Um, that's a particular pet peeve of mine. I almost don't care what anybody else does. Just please let me know you're going to do it if you think there's risk, or let me know you've done it as soon as you've done it. I can deal with that. But doing something that creates risk and you don't tell me, and then the risk continues to get worse, and then finally you, you, you feel like you finally have to tell me when there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, when it's a real crunch, just, right? Just, just <laughs> tell me. Just tell me, okay? And then people say, well, I don't want to tell you because when you, I tell you, you're upset. I say, yeah, but I'm upset about the lack of communication, not about the mistake. Mistakes are fine, but lack of mistakes and lack of communication, in my mind, is the kiss of death in a relationship. Okay, 
Maybe they don't communicate. Maybe one party doesn't do what they say they're going to do. And this is a huge one for managers, guys, because Mike's my boss, let's say. And he says, okay, so I need that by next Tuesday. And I say, okay, boss, got it. And I write it down and he writes it down. And it's next Tuesday and I haven't done it. Now, I'm obligated to tell him I haven't done it. Maybe he forgets. But then Thursday, when suddenly his boss says, where's that thing I asked you for? Now he's ticked at me. And, and now you might say, well, Mike should have made a note of it. You're absolutely right. But so should I have. And mm -hmm. Mike's, when I said, when Mike said, hey, I need that by Tuesday. And I said, okay. Hey, Mark, can you get that by Tuesday? Yes, I will. At that moment, that burden was mine. Yes, Mike shares with it. But Mike shares all the burdens that are mine if he's my boss. Too many directs mistakenly believe that, well, I'm going to define that one as more my boss's problem than mine. Every single problem that a direct has is by definition, in part, a problem for the boss. The direct that then attempts to blame the boss because the boss carries some small portion of the blame is essentially destroying the relationship. But, but anyway, one party doesn't do what they say they're going to do. And so there's a, a breach. I didn't do what Mike wanted me to do that I said I would do. Or let's... Think even worse, but these are pretty rare. Somebody lies, somebody cheats, or somebody actually actively works against the other party and knowingly works against the other party in the best interest of the other party without communicating about it. Um, and you're going to hear me say communicate a lot because communication is the salve of relationships. Um, look, in healthy relationships, guys, the pinch crunch model says pinches are addressed when they happen. The, the psychologists call this, or sociologists would call this, a planned reconciliation. In other words, Mike and I have agreed in advance that if I'm going to miss a deadline, I let him know in advance. You guys have heard us say this before, right? If you're going to miss a deadline, it's not enough, right? If you're the boss, you assign the deadline, and you not only assign the task of, of create a presentation, you assign the sending of the presentation to the boss so that the communication that the task is done is inherent in the assignment of the task itself. But if I don't send it by Tuesday at four o'clock, I'm also obligated to let Mike know, hey, I'm going to miss the deadline and, and here's why. And here's when I will get to it. So hopefully Mike has told me, hey, look, if you're not going to make the deadline, let me know. In addition, if I don't, the moment I discover, oh, I missed the deadline, I have to let him know. And we're going to reconcile that. He's going to say, okay, fine. Can I give you some feedback? And okay. And when are you going to have it for me? And there's forgiveness involved there. Reconciliation. That should... Hopefully, emotionally, that word feels like maybe there's some forgiveness involved. So, in other words, when we talk about planned reconciliation, what we mean is Mike and I knew this was going to happen, okay? It's going to end, not this particular situation, but we know that we're going to let each other down at various times because we're failed and flawed, and that's the nature of being a human being, okay? We agreed in advance. That's what we would do. And we agreed to it, and then ideally, when one of us lets the other one down, we let the other one know. I'm sure we've all experienced a situation where one another person has let us down, and the moment we realize it, we realize they've also done something to address it. They say they they've called us, and we find out when they let us know. I got to tell you, you want to be forgiven of all kinds of things. Just let the other person right. know and have them find out from you, and not from some other exactly. system or process or person. Say, boss, I'm really sorry. I missed this. I want you to know in this call you're going to. They're going to ask about this. I don't have it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you that's know? that's yeah. true. That's true. Self accountability. Yeah, not, it's not a, it's not accountability exactly. when when you get caught and then yeah. and then you admit the mistake. That's so so here's a classic example of when you start a professional relationship with somebody, a boss, a subordinate, a peer to peer, say, hey, look, let's agree. It's, we're going to miss, you're going to miss deadlines. You're going to miss quality standards. You're going to miss quantity. 
let's let each other know. If it relates to our relationship, we're going to be the other one to let the other person know immediately. Boy, talk about you're going to have little bumps, but you're going to get over them as opposed to bumps right. that turn into mountain, the molehills that turn into mountains and so on. Okay. And the key is if you address it when it happens, the two parties can reestablish the health in the relationship. Okay. That's the pinch model. And you can go through a life, a healthy, great relationship, trusting, loving, caring, uh, effective, professional, delivering tons of results with tons of pinches all the time. Okay. Uh, in fact, some of the best bosses in the world are the ones who can deal with hard to manage, quote unquote. I'm doing the Joey air quotes now. Um, hard to manage people because other managers are like, no, I can't deal with that person. You right. know, she messes up. She does this. She does that. That's like Lincoln talking about Grant, right? Somebody wrote in to Lincoln, wrote a letter to Lincoln or complained to Lincoln that, well, he's a drunk. You know, apparently Grant liked his alcohol. And Lincoln wrote back says, ma'am, I can't spare this man. He fights, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. He has a problem. I'm reading a book, right? I'm reading a series of books right now for the second time about Winston Churchill's, his biography, The Last Lion. And I also just finished a book called No More Champagne about Winston Churchill's financial difficulties all through his adult professional life. And you read about Churchill and he does some dumb things and he's impetuous at times and he's petulant at times and he's pouty at times. And as the saying goes, cometh the hour, cometh the man. There's no person on earth who could have possibly been better during the terribly difficult times in the 1940s, World War II of Winston Churchill leading Great Britain. Not Nobody ever. And so if you're Churchill's <laughs> boss, you're like, you know, maybe I can forgive that. And it would be way easier to forgive it if he let you know in advance. Okay. That's the pinch part. What happens when crunches happen? Crunches tend to be, only tend to happen, not always, but mostly tend to happen when you have a relationship that didn't have planned reconciliation right. to the pinches. And then now there have been a series of pinches and then there's an either a new pinch or a completely different thing that would be significant but without the reconciliation along the way there is both this event and the pile up in mistrust hurt feelings lack of communication uh divergence of beliefs and so on that ends up creating it feels like oh this is the straw that broke the camel's right. back therein lies yeah. the problem right yeah. there's so much hurt and so much yep. so much pain that's occurred before that you lack there's there's not the foundation to right. get through this new issue that exactly. might in itself been very small and there's another piece of that too not only has is is there is there all those hurt feelings there has not been a use of the reconciliation. And so when the crunch happens, we've never practiced the reconciliation yeah. process and we're not any good at yeah, it. Yeah, we don't have that skill, we right? We don't have right. that skill, yeah. exactly. And so now suddenly I just, you know, I just don't want to deal with them anymore. That's you know right. what, I've had enough. I just can't deal with it. And if you're a manager and you're starting to say, I, I, you know, I can't deal with it anymore, I've had enough. Gosh, heaven forbid you say that in front of somebody else who that gets back to the person because now the person is, now they're just in a shell probably saying, well, or, or, or if they're not in a shell, they're going to look for another job. And why? Because you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 chances and you didn't address them. Guys, the pinch crunch model, I was using it when I started thinking about the feedback model. Yeah, that's when exactly I said, right. Exactly. When it's small, I was thinking the same thing don't just wait, now. Don't have a come to Jesus meeting after a year's worth. Don't wait until an annual review when you finally have to tell the person, I'm sorry, you're not performing well. And by the way, you're going to have to be put on a 
performance improvement plan. And the direct goes, well, why didn't you, where where was the communication? It's December. This was happens. Was this happening in January? Oh yeah. It happened January, February, March, April. Well, why don't you say something then? This is the same thing for relationships. So, so the crunch leads to, uh, too often leads to a fundamental dissolution of the relationship. Now, what's interesting about this is when we talk about relationship, we talk about whether or not people are linked together. It's entirely possible you could go through a series of pinches, not do anything, have a crunch, have it essentially break the relationship and not be willing to fire the person or not be willing to leave your job because you don't, the market's bad or whatever. Your boss has crunched you for the, you know, you finally can't deal with it anymore, but you can't leave and you're stuck together. And now there's all kinds of phrases to describe it. I like to think of it as two zombies, right? There's no relationship. There's no trust. We have to go to meetings together. We have to work together. But am I going to get, if you're my boss, are you going to get my best? No. Am I going to get opportunities to grow and improve and so on from you? No. And so we essentially have the lowest grade relationship you could possibly have, all because of things we didn't do as professionals in advance by addressing the pinches, let alone the crunch. So that's the pinch crunch model. And the model basically says, if you'll be clear about things in the beginning and you'll address things when they're small, for many of you listeners, that's the feedback model. You won't ever have to come to a situation where, okay, straw that broke the camel's back. The camel's, there's always only going to be one straw on the camel's back, not a pile up over time. Okay. So that's the model. Now, step one, plan for pinches. There are two parts to planning for pinches. Talking about it first and then knowing what to do during the pinch. Okay. So plan for it first. If you're a manager and you're meeting people, look at the guidance we have about your first meeting with your directs. And if you're a licensee, you can click on these links uh, at the bottom of our show notes. Uh, It'll take you to those casts that we cite in this guidance. And one of the things we talk about is what are the key pieces of guidance you want to give to any member of your team? Uh, I, you know, we have specific suggestions about uh, over communicating and telling the truth and so on. But you may add two or three others. Like in this particular organization, there are two or three things that are really big. Uh, I remember a friend of mine was at Boston Consulting Group, and one of their unwritten rules was uh, consider the 1%, the 1% possibility that you're wrong. Don't believe that you're right and then, and then essentially eliminate all other options. Be open to the possibility that even though you're certain you're right, you're not or you're convinced you're right, you're not certain you're right. And there's a there's a difference in terms of how you talk to other people if you're convinced versus being certain. Convinced is, this is what you think. Certain is, there is no other way. It is black and white, I'm white, you're black, that's wrong. And if you're going to talk to clients and you're consulting clients, you better consider the possibility the client sees it differently and you better be open to having a, a conversation about that. Same thing with any relationship. Ask yourself as a manager, and and we will continue to put out more guidance about our recommendations about that first meeting with your new direct. It's actually a series of meetings that we recommend. What are the things that are super important to you? I tell everybody who comes to work for me, one of my rules is over-communicate, over-communicate, over-communicate. I don't care if you mess up as long as you let me know. The moment you know and you don't tell me and you're either trying to solve the problem before you tell me or you're thinking you can solve it and then not tell me at all, that's where you and I are going to have a problem. I don't care if you mess up. I don't. I mess up all the time. I care about the moment you decide to not tell me. Right. Because if there's risk for you, then there's risk for me because I'm responsible for you. Uh, it's fair and, that you're aware of that risk. Yeah. Right. If you're an intelligent person, that you know that the moment there's risk for you, there's risk for your boss. 
The fact that your boss is the organization and that your boss would be the person who would visit the risk upon you doesn't change the fact that there is still risk for your boss. If you have established a trusting relationship with your boss, you're obligated to tell them. And of course, when you read all the political stuff now, if you, gosh, you read The Prince by Machiavelli and so on, you very clearly get the idea. No, I don't want to share that. I think Career Tools is doing a cast has either done it recently or will do it shortly about don't hoard information. It's a form of hoarding information. And it's funny how often organizations talk about, you know, we want to be open, we want to be collaborative. And then there are people hoarding information. It's like, no, these words yeah. like collaborative and so on, they're all really nice, but the underlying behaviors aren't there. But if you're going to work for me, you're going to over-communicate. And the moment you know something and you don't let me know, you're making a selfish choice. You're saying, this is about me over the organization. Mm. And that's fine. You should just know that you should have to assume if you're that smart to be doing that to me, I'm that smart to be doing it to you. And I'm going to think about the organization and I'm not going to think about you. And, and when the organization is thinking about doing something and I have an opportunity to share it with you, but I think it's going to be a tough conversation, I'm not going to. And if that would bug you, yeah, then right. That's the point, there right? you go. That's yeah. the whole point of it right there. Okay. So there are two parts of this. Again, think about what that means to you with your team and be willing to talk about what to do when things go wrong. So again, we've already mentioned a couple of examples. If you're gonna miss a deadline, you communicate about it first. If you're not gonna be where you're supposed to be, you communicate about it, for, you communicate about it first. If you're having problem with a coworker, here are the things you need to do. This is what I expect you to do in this situation, in this situation, in this situation. If you're unable to talk to me about this or this or this, I expect you to talk to my boss or here's another person you could talk to. Um, and you could think through those things. And even if you haven't planned for all, then the second part of the pinch model is what to do when the pinch occurs, when somebody in the relationship has done something that's caused there to be a strain. Maybe somebody doesn't show up for work for a couple of days and we can't get them on the phone. That's a pretty extreme example. Maybe the boss promises by Tuesday, they'll let you know whether you can have vacation next week. And it's Thursday and the boss hasn't let you know. Whatever it might be where there's a, uh, there's a slight uh, gosh, I, t I mentioned this cast to somebody recently who knows the pinch crunch model. And they say, yes, there's a, there's a, uh, they didn't say it this way. They said, there's a variation in the force. They happen to be watching the was Star there Wars thing. There's a variation in the force. Yeah, right? there, you, oh, your friends talk to you that way? Yeah, is, that, uh, is that how yeah, you guys talk? Was, yeah, okay. They, they happen to be watching the Star Wars marathon on some TV channel. Uh, there's a disturbance in the force, right? Between two people, there's a force. There's, I mean, the scientists say it's actually there. There's a, there's a relationship between the two people. We know it. We trust each other and so on. And then suddenly, if we're not communicating as often as we used to, or if the communication changes in tone or tenor, uh, or frequency, whatever, then suddenly there's a disturbance in the force between those two people. Yeah. Okay. Don't look at me like that, dude. Okay. You just, yeah. you just, I know. I'm a little concerned. Uh, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I'm comfortable with this kind of stuff. If you're not, as a, as a pure theoretician, I, I, I get that. Yeah. My force is not as strong as yours. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. Unfortunately, whenever they say the force is strong with this one, they end up being Darth Vader or Darth Sidious or, or, or Ben, uh, um, who's the guy? Laden? No. Dar no. no. Dar Darth, uh, um, it's not Darth, the, the Han Solo's son. Um, I can't remember. I can't name. remember. Kylo Ren or whatever. Anyway, okay. So the second thing is, what do you do when it happens? Okay. If you haven't talked about it, you engage in communication and you say, hey, you let me down here. This is the feedback model. Okay. Hey, you let me down here. Uh, different verbing, wording than, than you let me down here. But if it's the boss, if the, if the subordinate noticed something, you, you ask the question, hey, boss, what's going on here? Or gee, I was surprised by that. Or, hey, I want to let you know that that was a concern to me. Or, hey, 
that was hard for me, what you did there. We don't give feedback to yeah, our no, boss. Yeah, folks, notice none, yeah. Of, none of that is, can I give you feedback to your right. boss, right? We don't but, do that, right? But, but we know psych- that. what a psychologist would say is all that is, it, certainly if you're a boss to a subordinate, there is a bet, there's a easier way to give feedback. On the other hand, there are times when I don't give feedback to some of my directs. I simply say, hey, you know, when you did that, that was disappointing to me. And that's not feedback because I didn't follow the model. And yet they got the message very clearly. Our feedback model is designed to make it easier for managers to talk about performance. And there is nothing wrong with talking to people about their performance, good or bad. In this model, it'd be bad if you're at a pinch point and not using the exact right verbiage as long as you can say categorically, yes, I give lots of feedback to my directs and your directs would agree, which is not always the case. Okay. So know what to do when pinches happen. Uh, Plan for them in advance and then know how to address them. For me, over and over again, it's been apologies. Hey, I apologize. I'm I'm gonna be the proactive one. I'm gonna let you know. And then the other part of that is, let's say I've made a mistake in our relationship. My approach, and you and I have talked about this for years, my approach is I'm gonna let you know, okay? And then there's another piece to it, which is, Okay, I've done something to make your life more difficult. I've strained the relationship. I've pinched the relationship a little bit. And I then don't proactively apologize. Then what do you do? You call me and say, hey, can we talk about this? And you might ask me, hey, what's going on there? I thought I was going to get this from you. That's a very soft way of doing it. Or you could say very directly, hey, partner, that was a bummer. You didn't do what you said you were going to do. And that's a little bit more direct. But in both cases, you and I know both of those approaches, either me being proactive or me not being proactive, and then you being proactive, which is a little bit of an escalation um, in terms of their relationship, where I made the mistake and I don't proactively address it, are acceptable, effective ways for us to stay friends and colleagues for right. 35 years. Right. right. And we both know it, right? Oh, we, and yeah. we both agreed ahead of time that yeah. we can do exactly. that. And that's the whole key to the model. When you have pinches, you do not let them slide period. And we don't mention home life too much here because there's fundamentally different principles involved. But the fundamental principle of relationships and the fact that if you let the other one down, it's generally good to say, I'm sorry, you could make a great deal of your relationship problems yeah, in the history exactly. of your life go away just for saying, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I you, didn't do what I said. And if you haven't listened to our How to Apologize cast, folks, yeah, yeah. saying you're, you, you don't say you're sorry and then give all the reasons why you did what you did. That's not an apology. Yeah. We don't need to cover it here, but so what you're saying then is every politician apologizes wrong. Uh, Every Hollywood actor apologizes wrong. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm saying that. I'm I'm sorry if you. I'm sorry if you. I'm sorry to those who were offended. No, that's not how you do it. You take responsibility, and and I love that cast. And people write in all the time and say, "Boy, I needed that cast." So, well, I'm glad. So did we. Yeah, Um, exactly. Okay, last point: don't wait for crunches. Now you can still get out of crunches, guys. You can. But you know when you're in a crunch, when there's been a lot of pinches and you haven't talked about them, uh, you know, it's like there's so much dirt and debris underneath the rug, the rug's no longer comfortable to stand on and and you've got to do something about it. You can prostrate yourself in front of the other person and say, we haven't done what we're supposed to do. I care about this relationship. I want this to go well. I'm embarrassed to admit that I could I could have done more and I haven't. And I really want to work with you on this. And I've got to tell you, the number of times that that's happened to me, maybe maybe it's happened to me a few times. I've been on the receiving end. A few times I've had been the one. I've never had a situation where there wasn't relief, there wasn't understanding. 
Uh, there wasn't some sort of appreciation for right. the humility involved in going, hey, I had a hand in this and so on. Now, if you're a boss, it's a little bit different. If you've got a direct and, and there's been a lot of pinches and you haven't addressed them, and you might say, well, the direct should have done all this stuff. We try to avoid the word should in management. Um, the fact that you're judging them as not having met your standard is one thing, but you had didn't address them either along the way. We recommend that bosses be a little bit more forgiving than they normally would be if, in fact, there have been pinches that haven't been addressed. That, that's why we say in, in giving feedback, give feedback every time you can. And if you don't give feedback for a while, you don't get to go back and say, I want to give you feedback about something that happened three months ago that's and right. then give them a whole slew of feedback leading up to it. If, it's, if we're talking about performance, if we're talking about behaviors, which is what we give feedback for. So we don't wait for crunches. We address them as they happen. But if it comes to a crunch, you can apologize and you can say, I want to work this out. I want to renegotiate. On the other hand, the model also says, if you're not willing to renegotiate at that time, you know, if you're a manager and you got a direct who's not performing, the organization will take over for you at some point. You'll have to put together a performance improvement plan, a PIP. You'll have to coach somebody. Unfortunately, coaching has a negative connotation in the world today. And you're going to have to do something to improve their performance. Organizations in the last 50 years have greatly improved the senior executive's ability to see down to every individual's mm -hmm. performance because there's data now, because there are systems that people are interacting with that can be aggregated electronically, digitally, and so people can see. And if you're not doing your job, somebody else will come down there and do it for you, a la the OZAN uh, executive rule, right? Yeah. Don't yeah. let me come down there and do your job for you. So fundamentally, the principle, guys, is when you feel a punch, a pinch, address it then. Don't let it get to a crunch. If you get to a crunch, you can do something about it, but it's going to be harder and it's going to be embarrassing and there's going to be more groveling and there's going to be more loss of face on both sides because managers, just because your direct made the mistake, if you didn't address it at the time, you're partially responsible for the crunch. You're not responsible for what they did, but you are responsible for the lack of output that they created. And if you've reached a point where you have to have a difficult conversation with them, you're partially responsible for everything they've done up until that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I, I love the pinch crunch yeah, model. It's, 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 it's and you hear it, you go like, it's, it's, it's obvious, right? Yeah. Everybody's listening. I'm sure you, I'm sure you go like, yeah, and, that and, sounds about and, right. And, and you know it when it happens to you, when you adopt this mindset, even if you don't tell your directs about this, though, if it were, I were a manager, I would say, Hey, directs, listen to this. Cause this is the way we ought to be. The moment you realize you have a circuit breaker and, and um, or a fuse blows between two people. I'm not talking about somebody blowing their top. Something happens and it's a small, it's a little pebble, a little nothing that's no big deal. And you quickly address it. Hey, I noticed this. I'm sorry. I'll get it to you. Or, hey, I, I, I handled that wrong. I'm sorry. Boy, you can deal with tons of pinches. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The first time that happens, hey, you know, you, you call me or something, you leave me a voicemail and say, hey, by the way, I know I promised you I'd do this. I'm not going to do it. I'll get it to you more. At the moment, I'm, I'm the, I am in the most forgiving mood of the world because you over-communicated and, and you promised me something by Tuesday and here it is Tuesday evening and you're not going to get to it. I don't want you to stay up all night just to meet my Tuesday deadline. It's like, okay, no, I can deal with that Wednesday. You can deal with that. And, and too many people avoid the pinch. They avoid that little bit of that little sand underneath, you know, um, the little stuck in their craw and it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And then you don't, sometimes you don't even see it coming and somebody blows up in your face and not yeah. good. Yeah. I think, you know, in my experience, I get it when somebody doesn't do something and then they don't communicate it, they've taken an issue with the deliverable, right? Oh, that, yeah. Right. That I could have had Monday 
Instead, I might get Tuesday or Wednesday, which is not a big, which is not a big deal. Uh, it's livable. But, but right. when they miss it, and then they don't communicate it, then it become, then it becomes a much larger thing. It oh, becomes yeah. a, one of trust and relationship, yep. exactly. and caring about, not thinking about what things mean to me and how yeah. it impacts me. It becomes a much bigger deal. It's, it's just a deliverable, right? Yeah. It's like and then, tomorrow. And then you, if I'm your direct and you send me a mail on Wednesday and say, "Hey, I haven't gotten that yet," right? First of all, that's a mail. It's not mm. good. There should be a conversation. But okay, you send me a mail. Hey, I haven't gotten that yet. And then all I do is send it to you. And say, oh, here it is. And there's no apology. There's yeah. no addressing of the fact that there has been two days worth of loss. And there's essentially an attack on the trust in the relationship. That's a pinch that didn't get addressed and That's doesn't right. go away. So to summarize. Yeah. Okay. We're always going to have bumps in the road, guys. We all know this. this you don't need manager tools to tell <laughs> you that. Not having a simple way to address bumps in the road is dumb. Okay. When things go poorly communicate, apologize, reset, that's a pinch. And pinches are normal and it's okay. Not having a way to address pinches is gonna lead you to more crunches. When a crunch comes and you don't have a way to address the pinches, you're gonna be less good at the crunches. And if you don't handle crunches well, they're painful and they're permanent. And that's not the way a professional addresses his or her responsibilities. Yeah, and completely avoidable. Yep, exactly. All right, my friend, I appreciate it. Thanks, that was partner. awesome. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one.